Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with part two of this message entitled Propitiation. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter three. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let me read it from Romans uh, 3, beginning with verse 24, from the Greek text, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Now our verse, whom, that is Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as propitiation or sacrifice of atonement through faith that is this propitiation becomes effectual in our life through faith in his blood that is propitiation accomplished in his blood the blood of Jesus Christ that is in his death on the cross. Ace and Datesin. There it is. The purpose. What is the purpose of this propitiation? That is our sixth point. Ace and Datesin means unto the proving, demonstrating of his righteousness, God's righteousness. Because of the passing over of sins committed previously in the forbearance of God for the demonstration of his righteousness in the present time. And now the final purpose Eisto enai auton dikaion kai dikaiuntaton ekpisteos ezu. And what is the final purpose? That God may be just in justifying the one who believes in Jesus. So, number six, the purpose of this propitiation is God's glory. It is to prove that God is righteous and that he is just when he justifies the wicked when he believes in Jesus. In God's forbearance, he passed over sins committed by the saints of the Old Testament. In other words, he did not punish the sins of the saints of the old covenant. Yet they were fully forgiven of their sins. For they trusted in the Messiah who was to come through God-given sacrificial system. We trust in the Messiah who came. The saints of the Old Testament looked forward to the cross and their sins were forgiven. And we look backward 
to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. So because of God's forbearance of sins of the past, because he passed over the sins committed formerly without punishing them, one could argue that God was indifferent to the claims of divine justice. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 12 to understand what I mean. 2 Samuel chapter 12 speaking about and verse 13 speaking about this King David who committed adultery and murdered a believer. In Leviticus 20 verse 10 and 24 verse 17 calls for death penalty for adultery and for murder. But listen to this language. 2 Samuel 12 verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. That is in adultery and in murder. And he deserves to be killed. But listen to this word from God through the prophet. This gave me all kinds of trouble growing up. How can God justify the wicked? It still gives me trouble. But I begin to understand a little more about God's grace. Nathan replied. You see he just confessed I have sinned against the Lord. And notice immediately Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. And that gave me a problem. What about God? And what about God's justice? How can God do this? When his own word tells uh, to kill such people. So here we are given an answer that God passed over. The sins of God's people in the Old Testament, in his forbearance, self-restraint, God says you will not die. The Lord has taken away your sin. And that's what this propitiation is all about. So then the argument is this. Because of God's forbearance of sins of the past, because he passed over the sins committed formerly without punishing them, as I gave illustration, one could argue that God is indifferent to the claims of divine justice. As this particular scripture troubled me. The cross now proves the righteous character of God. That all the sins of the saints of the Old Testament were punished in Jesus Christ on the cross. Sin is punished in his son. The sins of the people of God who lived before the cross and who live after the cross. All their sins. Now, understand what I'm saying. I'm not speaking about the sins of all the people of the world 
are punished in Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. I am saying that sins of all God's people and all their sins were punished in Jesus Christ on the cross. The sins of the people of God who lived before it and who lived after the cross were punished on the cross in his son. God thus demonstrates, proves his righteousness. The soul that sinneth it shall die. And all have sinned. The wages of sin is death. Not just physical death, not just spiritual death, but eternal death. Eternally removed from God's presence. That's what Jesus Christ experienced on the cross. He went to hell in our place. So this propitiation upholds God's justice. God hates sin. Therefore God punishes sin. Our sin, all our sin in his son. Dr. Boyce says God is pronouncing sinners, wicked people, I have a problem. <laughs> sinners, wicked people, God is pronouncing sinners legally righteous, free from any liability to the broken law, because God himself in his son did bear the penalty for the law breaking. And you read that in Isaiah 53, let us turn to it. Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was not upon us, but upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So friends, the cross, this propitiation, this Christ's death on the cross proves one God is righteous in his nature. Two, God punished every sin of his elect. So God is just when he justifies sinners who believe in Jesus. And number four, friends, is a serious implication. What is it? God will punish justly every sinner who refuses to trust in Jesus. Every sinner and every sin he committed. The cross proves that, that he will do it. Number seven, the effect of this propitiation. Propitiation. What is the effect of this Sacrifice of atonement. Friends, first, forgiveness. 
of all our sins. And the Bible tells us that he blots it out. That God remembers not our sins. That God forgives. That God has removed our sins to the farthest extent of the universe. God has buried it in the very depth of the ocean. These are all metaphors that should tell you your sins are gone, your guilt is gone, your death is gone, your hell is gone, your wrath is gone. See, you should imagine in your mind the joy of Isaac and his father. When God said, don't do it, And God provided a ram. And the ram was sacrificed in the place of Isaac. What a joy. The father is jumping up and down. Inexpressible joy. So also the son. And they go home to join the servants. To go home to Sarah. And everybody else. And he, you can imagine Abraham describing what happened. That is salvation, sir. Sins are forgiven. Guilt is taken away. Number two is access to God. We were rebels. We were far from God. But we are given access to God turn with me to Matthew 27 verse 50 and 51 what happened at the moment when Christ died and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice he gave up his spirit at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom There was a thick curtain that prevented not only ordinary Israelite, not only the priest, but even the high priest to go inside into the presence of God. Such would be visited with death, fire from the holy, most holy place will come and kill them. As Nadab and Abihu were killed. But now the picture is that veil, that curtain is torn by God from top to bottom. And a new way is opened up for us. That you can go to the very presence of God in the name of Jesus Christ. So turn to Romans 5, verse beginning with verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access. Access to the presence of God. By faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
that we will be glorified when God's Son comes in glory. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. And here we read, but now, notice, let me read from verse 11 to give you an understanding of who we were. Therefore, remember that formerly, you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now, but now, speaking about the cross, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Near, sir. Near to the very presence of God. No more hindrance. Nothing to block you. Turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, beginning with verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, before we didn't have any confidence, we were depressed. Now let me tell you, the reason for depression is guilt of sin. As J. Adam says, it is like an iron girder that sits on you and pushes you down. Your face is downcast. You cannot rejoice unless you get drunk and do other things. The real reason is guilt of sin that depresses us. But now it's all gone. We have confidence. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, how? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to who? To God. Not to Virgin Mary or to saints or anybody else, sir, but to God to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water access sir access we can come to God and pray we can come to God and enjoy the sunshine of his glorious presence. You don't have to have a lot of things. We are happy in Jesus. In chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, take a look at it. Beginning with verse 22, but you have come. You have come. Because of the propitiatory sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because the curtain is rent. Because a new way is made. 
by Jesus Christ. And through that way, in the name of Christ, by the blood of Christ, you have come to Mount Zion. To the heavenly Jerusalem. The city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels. In joyful assembly. Did you, did you think about that? As we come to worship. And that's what we are coming. To thousands and thousands of holy angels. In joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn. Whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God. Hallelujah. God sir. God. God the Father, the judge of all men, but we are unafraid <laughs> because Jesus Christ is judged in our place and we are found <laughs> innocent. <laughs> That's what justification is all about. And we have come to the spirits of righteous men made perfect and we have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better word than the blood of Abel. What is the word? Forgiveness, grace, acceptance, mercy. Hallelujah. We are sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ which is the passport for us to go to heaven. Hallelujah. And number three, no condemnation. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, sir. Hallelujah. No condemnation. Because we are justified. John chapter 8. Remember the story of the adulterous woman. John 8 verse 10. Jesus straightened up and asked her. Woman where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one sir. She said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared. In view of the cross that is coming go now and live your life of sin or look at Luke chapter 18 and here is a sinner a terrible sinner a publican verse 13 but the tax collector stood at a distance he would not even look up to heaven full of guilt depressed he would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said God have mercy upon me a sinner but in the Greek text it is God be propitiated with reference to me the sinner that is on the basis of the sprinkled blood on the mercy seat be propitiated with reference to me. He understood something about propitiation. And so we read he went home justified. The Pharisee went home condemned. The publican went home justified. So friends, I am a sinner. Romans 3.23 there is for there is no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Number two, God's wrath is upon me. Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Number three, the wages of sin is death, therefore I must die. I must die. Number four, being a sinner, I cannot propitiate. I cannot bring a chicken or a cigarette or some flowers to God and expect him to turn away his wrath and be gracious to me. I am a sinner. All I do is sinful. I cannot propitiate. Number five. I need a substitute. A kinsman redeemer. An advocate. A mediator. Who is able to propitiate in behalf of me. Friends, God has displayed Jesus Christ publicly as our propitiation, sacrifice of atonement on the cross. And so Paul says, but now the righteousness of God apart from law has been manifested on the cross. Believe on him. I have sinned, David said. And God says, your sin has been taken away and you will not die. Our job is to confess. And his job, gracious job, is to remove the guilt of our sin. Believe on him, the wrath disappears. And you are saved. You shall not die. But you shall live forever. In God's presence. But you may ask. What if. What if I don't believe. In Jesus Christ. I already told you. The implication of the cross. One of the implications is. The cross demonstrates. That he must punish to the fullest extent anyone who refuses to trust in Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 and verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son, notice, has eternal life. I have sinned. God says your sin is taken away and you shall not die. Has eternal life. But whoever rejects the son will not see life. Why? Because God's wrath remains on him. And he must find his own atonement. And it is impossible to find any other atonement. The only propitiation is Jesus Christ. Turn to chapter 8 of John. And listen to what Jesus himself says, beginning with verse 21. 
once more Jesus said to them I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin if anyone is outside of Jesus Christ let me tell you this is no mythology this is no false threatening this is the very word of God you shall die in your sins where I go you cannot come this made the Jews ask will he kill himself is that why he says where I go you cannot come but he continued you are from below I am from above you are of this world I am not of this world I told you you would die in your sins in your guilt if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be again he says three times now you will indeed die in your sins let's look at finally 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 you know people think about Jesus sweet Jesus sweet Jesus what a wonder you are but did you read this 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 beginning with verse 6 God is just he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well when this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels he will punish Jesus Christ will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus they'll be punished notice with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed well thank God thank God that God regenerated us God gave us the gift of repentance and faith God enabled us to lift up our poor empty hands of beggars and to receive this eternal life this great salvation as a free gift and if you are outside of Jesus Christ and if you have all kinds of funny ideas in this church we declare the truth and we declare it with all compassion and with all clarity and I beseech you what must I do to be saved <laughs> believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who is our propitiation he turned God's wrath away and God's love flows out in forgiveness to us the way is opened up through Jesus Christ he is the way to the Father and we come with confidence with full assurance that he will receive us 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to understand the full significance of God-provided propitiation, the sacrifice of atonement, Jesus Christ. Thank you, O God, for bringing us into your kingdom, into your family, that you are no longer our judge, you are our heavenly Father. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of Part 2 of the sermon entitled Propitiation. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.